All right, welcome to Blair and Barker. Hey, the uh, half a game out of the wild card edition of Blair and Barker, which I'm sure we'll be repeating tomorrow and the day after, the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. It's Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. Back from the long weekend. Did you have a good time? Yeah. Would you Never do? better. Nothing. Uh, Absolutely You and nothing. me both, man. <clears throat> That's the best time here. That is the best When time. you're doing nothing. <laughs> Quality time for everybody in the family. Did good. a little Blue Jays talk after the game yesterday, though. Yeah, that was yeah. good to kind of kind of get back into things. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was oh. really good, and you were. Well, Jeff. yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know the best thing, too. Is, I was is, channeling is, my inner Alejandro Kirk. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah, the Be best. replacement level. The best thing that happened to me today was Travis Kelsey for the for the Chiefs. Yeah. I think he's not playing on Thursday. And if you notice in my house, uh, the the lady of the house is a big Chiefs fan, and that gives me great pleasure. So if if the Lions beat the Chiefs, and I know this is like this is my face whenever you're talking about soccer, <laughs> this is the way it looks. So I got good pleasure out of that. Right. I was excited about the uh, the Chiefs going to get beat on Thursday by the Lions. Yeehaw! Yeah, my Broncos fan. I root for bad things to happen to the Chiefs. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh, but it does. So that was that was a good start to my day. And oh, by the way, are we done with the and, NFL talk? It's bad enough. I'm going to have to well, listen to hockey. You know, in another couple of weeks. Not not for they me. Start never, worrying about you're the. You're never going to have to do that. Fifth line of the Leafs or whatever. Who? And again, another meaningless Leaf season because whatever happens in the regular season doesn't matter. It's what they do in the well, playoffs. Well, it's a beautiful thing when you're when you do a baseball show yeah. and you're listening to some other show that starts talking about hockey. All you got to do is just take that little knob and. Turn it down a little where you can't hear it. Oh, that's until until they being until a good they team st- player. Well, until they start. Nicely done, team player. Until they, I'm beginning to well, realize you're why you're hockey. You're complaining I'm about to, hockey. I'm beginning to realize why you why you kept bouncing from team to team to team to team. To yeah, team. that's called being a really good player, yeah. and everybody wants you. That's yeah. what that's called. Yeah, good one. You opened the door when you started talking about the NFL. I try to pretend that the NFL doesn't that it doesn't exist. I mean, it's easy, you know, when you were a Vikings fan. And, I guess now that I've adopted the Colts as, as my team, it's easy to pretend the NFL season doesn't happen. But anyhow. Why, why do you talk so, there. so soft when you talk about the NFL? Because I'm afraid somebody <laughs> might hear it think less of me. Uh, the Jays and the A's. Meaningful baseball in September. Meaningful what baseball more could you ask in September. For? Uh, what more could yeah, you ask Yeah, nothing for? says meaningful baseball in September like Ken Waldachuk on the mound for the <laughs> Oakland Athletics in front of 6,335 people. Count them on two hands. <laughs> Chris Bassett against Ken Waldachuk in uh, the second game what of this. What could go wrong? This th- what could go wrong? <laughs> the second game of this three-game series between... Uh, the Athletics and Kevin Barker's Blue Jays. I'll take them. Absolutely. Yeah. The Blue Jays put the boots to the Athletics yesterday, 6-5 and 10 innings. They are half a game back, uh, half a game out of the wild card, mainly because a couple of dudes they brought up from Buffalo are hitting and because it seems like just about everybody else in the wild card race has decided that now's a good time to stink because that's essentially – I mean, I might be oversimplifying yeah, the it, but good, I mean, the Astros are good. Texas stinks. It's not like anybody's, you know. I mean, I'm looking at the last ten games here. Yeah, Seattle six and four, Tampa Bay. Even they're, I mean, they're leading the wild card six and four. Houston six and four, Toronto six and four, Boston four and six, Texas four and six. This is like me running a five k. Not much is happening. Like basically, everybody's just kind of treading water and. And, and hanging on 
Um, yeah, the marathon this time else. of the season is not the easiest thing to get through. No, it's not. Expectations. Dudes yet. are grinding. Dudes have pitched oh, a lot no of question. innings. Oh. Dudes are grinding. Well, this team in particular. This team in particular. We've got. Uh, I want to talk about that. And uh, of course, Spencer Horowitz, his first major league home run. Uh, part of that, the Buffalo Brigade, I guess. Buffalo Soldiers, yeah, we, whatever think, you want to call them, Davis Schneider, they're, Ernie Clement. They're big leaguers. Yeah, start, start, start that's treating them like point. that. Let's, yeah, okay. stop, stop saying they're uh, nothing you know, against Buffalo. Yeah, but they're not in Buffalo anymore. They're, they're yeah. in the big league. Start. They are big leaguers. Speaking about them, like they're a big leaguer. Yeah. yeah so we're not even calling them a Buffalo Brigade. Well, you called them that. I've never called them that because I, I used to be one of the. It's not fun being called that. Uh, look, I, I, I mean the Jays, the Jays, Jays won three or four games over the long weekend. Uh, 80% of it at least was due to those dudes. Um, they helped. Yeah. (laughs) Pick a name. And uh, now Ernie Clement didn't have the greatest game defensively a couple of games ago, but, uh, he made a couple of errors, but in terms of quality of at bats at the plate, Kevin Spencer Horowitz, uh, Ernie Clement, Davis Schneider didn't start yesterday. And I think that might be the angriest Twitter's been at John Schneider since he's been managing this team and that's saying some, mm-hmm. but uh, for whatever reason, Davis Schneider didn't start yesterday. And you'd think, I mean, it was like Twitter was yeah, mad about something. Yeah. Hard to imagine. Right. <laughs> but it was like, uh, I, I don't know. It was like uh, the angels decided to sit Shohei Otani or for a non-injury related reason or something like that. But, but look, but he was all, he, all kidding he, aside. Well, he's been hitting 360 over the last week. Like you absolutely, could, you could say, "Why is he not playing? Why are you overthinking it?" Yeah, like he that, he would you be. Could say that he would not be my first choice to not oh, play in go. that game. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we've seen. Well, let's leave aside Davis Schneider for a minute. We've talked a lot about his swing. Uh, Ernie Clement. We've talked a lot about his swing. I want to talk about Spencer Horowitz because he's a guy who has now for two years now has intrigued a lot of people in this organization. First of all, he's a lefty hitter. Um, and I, I would think, you know, I look at these, these three guys and I'm looking ahead to next year. Not that I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I'm, I'm thinking about next year. Uh, I, David Schneider and Spencer Horowitz, they, they might have a spot yeah, they make for sense. me next year. That makes sense. I mean, I like his at-bats. Uh, you know, you made this point. You're not, I know you're not comparing him to Todd Helton, but you made this point on Blue Jays talk. And after you made it, you, you mentioned about how he looked a little bit like, son of a gun, I went back and looked at Todd Helton swinging. Younger Todd Helton before yeah, he yeah, got yeah. Jack Todd Helton. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of that. It, there's a certain type of lefty swing. Well, you even know, as a lefty hitter, there's a certain type of lefty swing, isn't there? Yeah. Well, he cuts him. He cuts himself off with with his stride foot. That that's sort of a little bit what Todd Helton did. His finish is a little bit that way. The two handed finish, uh, thinking left center, right. He can backspin a ball to left center, which we don't see. We haven't mm-hmm. seen very often from a lefty yeah, hitter this year. It's rare you get in a a hitter's count because you control the zone. You get a good pitch, an elevated fastball. You don't try and pull it. You don't roll over to second baseman. You backspin it to left center, which is what a big league left-handed hitter is supposed to do. And I think that's because you're, you're quick stroke. You stay inside the baseball. 
you have the mindset of I'm thinking left center, which keeps my barrel in the hitting zone longer. It gives it length. You know, you've heard some people talk about Spencer, about he has length to his swing. Well, you have to think that. that that's how you get length is you have to think about where Explain you want the, that. Well, it's about where I want the ball to end up, right? All right. If I have front side pull, Kirky. Does this have anything to do pull. with what you used to say about thinking about the plate in front of the plate? Does that add length to your swing? Well, that does. That's a little different because you're thinking velocity. That's okay. that's guys that are a little late. That's why it's sometimes you see like Vladdy. Vladdy moved back in the batter's box because he's having a little trouble with velocity. When you do that, you have to think about the plate, an imaginary plate in front of your plate, All right. the actual plate. So this is a little different. So, you know, I, I, again, there's multiple things because of his quick stroke, because he can control the zone, right? You could leave him out of the lineup for a couple of days because he has those two things. He could come off the bench in the eighth inning and give you a quality at bat. Now, he's not always going to get a hit, but you like him walking to the plate, right? Because he has a clue. He has a little short stroke. He doesn't, it's not a ton of moving parts, right? He sits it. He turns his front side, his upper body, because he wants to sit that, and he wants to think left center, right? And that adds a little bit more length. It just, it sets the slot a little quicker. It enables him to stay in that slot longer, which gives him a chance to get a hit, right? He's not a tremendous power hitter. He's not trying to be that, but you can backspin balls, and you do that with what you do with your lower half and your upper half stays closed enough, which helps you add some more length to your barrel. So, yeah, like, and he has enough bat speed, which is the most important part there, right? You're seeing him let fastballs travel, which... <laughs> You know, this day and age, because of how hard these guys throw, even if they're lefty. I mean, he's facing lefties that throw 98 miles an hour, and he's trying to let it travel, which will tell you, you know, he's got an idea with mechanics and mentally and mindset of where he wants the ball to end up, and he can get barreled to that ball on most pitches and most quadrants, and that's a good thing to have. The other thing we also saw him do yesterday is uh, save Alejandro Kirk's butt on a, uh, on a back pick. Uh, in the night. Yeah, you inning. like the idea, you just don't like to throw. That that's all right. They're trying to help a pitcher out and yeah. That's not, what you do in big moments. That's why you have teammates. I guess. Uh wasn't a big fan of that particular call, but anyhow, there you go. I'm not gonna argue about it, but I did mention it because I thought it was a it was a good good defensive play by Spencer Horowitz. Horowitz, it looks like he knows his way around uh he knows his way around the bag. Uh the Jays mm-hmm. scored three in the tenth yesterday to beat the Athletics. Um Jose Barrios did not have a good August. He was better yesterday. Gave up three home runs. Though I thought one of those home runs was actually in a pretty good good slurve. Tip your cap. Good piece of hitting. Uh, Danny Jansen tomorrow will visit a hand specialist. Uh, he was placed on the IL on Friday with a fractured right middle finger. Just getting everybody caught up here as to what has gone on. Bo Bichette started baseball activities or baseball-related activities. He's on the road with the team. Looks very much as if he may be back uh, at some point. Brandon Belt has missed the last three games with lower back. Sorry, last two games with lower (laughs) back tightness and a stomach virus. Stay hot. Uh, Good timing with uh, Chapman and Bichette out of the lineup. Hey, this, this, I can't believe you just said that when, when, with what we've been saying about Brandon Belt, where, you know, how dare he be in the lineup, and now all of a sudden we're we're sort of fingers crossed hoping that he can get back as soon as possible. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Huh. Just saying. What? I thought I'd throw that out there. That's fine. <clears throat> <laughs> 
truth. Uh, and Alec Manoa is with the AAA Buffalo Bisons. Is he? Uh, well, I think. I mean, he's on the roster. I, yeah, you'll see him next year. That's probably the best way. To... Couldn't say it better myself. I mean, he's doing. I would think whatever what he is needs he's to trying do. To, he's building himself back up or some such. I think like this that. is a conversation better to left for another day. How's Probably. that sound? Yeah, that's there you go. Good. But anyhow, people ask about he is. Anyhow, I think he's on the he's on some sort of list that basically allows Buffalo to carry. And anyhow, I, I, I mean, I just you, you don't know what Alec, Alec Manoa. Yeah. Like I said, let's. Uh, I like to say that I try and bring news to to people that people can watch right now. Yeah, and I, I haven't asked about that situation, and nor will I. Yeah, no, I, I just don't think there's any, um, not much going on. Hey, we've been telling everybody how the Jays haven't been able to hit with runners in scoring position. And wouldn't you know it, since August 1st, they're the best in the majors with runners in scoring position and two out. Hmm. They're also 16 to 13 over the time. Kevin, should we just apologize right now? Should we give the khakis their due and apologize? Uh, the khakis or the players? Well, I'm just saying. I mean, we blame the khakis when they don't do it, and then it turns out they are doing it. And I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just, just, just saying. Uh, yeah. I wore it today. Yeah, I noticed that. Khaki. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shorts, mind you. Sure. Khaki. Uh, look, look. I, I, I think so, some guys that need to have better approaches have had better approaches lately, consistently. Do the swing decisions need to get better? Absolutely. That's why yeah, I teed yes, you up here, because yes, it is about the swing decisions. Yesterday, they were atrocious. Yeah. Like, you, you can say, and I can give you examples. I mean, we, uh, we Alejandro just, Kirk, uh, yeah. bases loaded? Yeah, well, that's one where you swing it up because you're looking spin. You swing at it no matter where it's at. And as for, you say, well, it's, for a it's guy okay that cheats, if you're looking spin. Well, you cheat you to, just don't have to swing you, at it. You cheat to yeah. get to a heater by opening up your front side. Why would I swing at a first-pitch slider on the black away? What would make me think that I could drive that baseball to right center field? Nothing. Because you're so your swing decision there is everybody basically tells useless. you you're a good and contact you your manager, hitter, and you're you can... hitting coaches all you know putting their head down because they can't believe you swung at it. Well, that, that's one of them, and you know you could go down the list here. We saw Varsho a couple of times swing at a. I think his first at bat he swung at a three one fastball that wasn't close. Swung at a swung at a breaking ball that wasn't cl- close to strike out. Mm-hmm. One of his at bats he got in a three one count on a guy that throws really hard, and you th- swing at a, a, a ninety eight mile an hour fastball that's running off the plate away that he popped out the left field. Those are swing decisions. Those you've worked hard to get into a really good count to do maximum damage, and then you basically got yourself out because you're chasing, you're trying too hard, you're cheating, whatever it is. Those are the things, and people ask, well, why aren't they blowing teams out? They should be blowing out. That's why. Like, they're, it's not rocket science. Like, if those at-bats were better, you can pass the baton in many different ways. When you fight and claw because of the way your season has been going to get into a good count to do damage on baseballs, you have to be willing to let that pitch go to see another pitch because you couldn't do damage on that pitch. So, yeah, there there was many of those. Clement took a fastball in his first at bat right down the middle and then slung, swung at a curveball off the plate to pop out to right. Those are just little at-bats, right, is for whatever reason, buying into what you can do damage on has been a real issue for this team. I, and, again, I'm not picking on guys who have 
tried to do it all year. Varsha's been trying to do it. Clement's trying to do it to stay in the big leagues, right? Uh, Witt did it one time. He, he swung at a 2-1, uh, a sinker with first and first second, second when you shouldn't be swinging at 2-1 yeah. sinkers because of where he's hitting in the lineup because he thinks he has to be a run producer. That That's my point. You have to have guts enough to take that, to get to two strikes, to be – to allow a dude standing on the mound who, quite frankly, is not real good, a chance to throw a ball down the middle. That's the thing. This is why they're not blowing teams out. This is why, you know, Jays fans in the eighth and ninth inning are biting their nails against the ace. is because uh, of those swing decisions. Let's just kind of uh, get people caught up on the, uh, on, on the standings. We'll do the around the wild card in the second half of the show. The back leg line is open, by the way, 416 413 Three nine five nine. We will go to it uh, later on in the show. Jason Stark joins us mm. as well, um, and we've got uh, tickets to give away to see the Royals and the Jays. We will do that later in the show as well. Uh, let's just, just because we've we've kind of skipped over the AL East. Let's kind of give people an idea of what's going on in the AL East because it ain't over yet. Mm. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles are eighty six and fifty one. Tampa Bay is eighty three and fifty five. They are. Three and a half games back. They are six and a half games up on the wild card. Uh, the Blue Jays, if you're still interested, are ten and a half back of the Baltimore Orioles. In the wild card race, whoever, we've got to look at the AL West and include it as part of the wild card race. Houston has a share of first place right now with Seattle. Seattle 77 and 60. Houston is 78 and 61. So 562, 561. Uh, it's basically the Blue Jays and the three teams in the West. One of those three teams in the West is going to win the division. Two of those other three teams are, uh, yeah, right now are in the wild card. Houston, uh, Seattle, seventy-seven and sixty. Houston is seventy-eight and sixty-one. Texas is seventy-six and sixty-one. Toronto, seventy-six and sixty-two. Crazy. Toronto's half a game back. The Boston Red Sox are seventy-two and sixty-six. They're four and a half back of the Jays. Here's where it gets kind of interesting. The Jays already have the season series against Houston. So if there is a tie, if there is a tie, the Jays would get preference over Houston because they have a better series record. The first tiebreaker is record head-to-head. The second is record within the division. Thank God for the Blue Jays that the record within your own division is number two. Uh, The Jays are one and two against Texas. They've got a big four-game series in Toronto next weekend. Toronto wins that series. Well, that series will decide who has the tiebreaker between those two teams. So in the very least, if you're the Blue Jays, getting owning the tiebreaker against Houston, owning the tiebreaker against Texas, whatever happens, whatever happens uh, down the stretch, those obviously are very good things because it would stand to reason that you know, you don't have the tiebreaker with Seattle. It would stand to reason that having a tiebreaker with two of the potential three teams is is uh, is, is is not the worst is not the worst thing in the world. And the Boston Red Sox, as we mentioned, are uh, four games back of the Jays, so they're four and a half back. But again, Houston gets swept this weekend against the Yankees. They come back and they beat Texas. Nobody is really seizing control of this. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the standings. Baltimore has won seven of their last ten. Seattle six and four. We mentioned this. Uh, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay six and four. Houston yeah, yeah. six and four. 
Texas four and six. Yeah, it's clean baseball. I think that's your point. It's, clean, clean baseball. It's like it's like the team that doesn't get picked off. It's the team that yes. doesn't run the the bases the wrong way. It's the it's the team that doesn't uh, pitch behind all the time. It's the team that gets the big hit. Like it's clean baseball. The team that does that the most, well, the three teams that do it, that's the three teams that are going to go to the playoffs for me and. Who can do that? That that's the thing, right? All those teams are about the same. Like, mm-hmm. you know, one team sometimes has trouble hitting. One team sometimes has trouble, you know, fielding. One team sometimes has trouble with their bullpen. One team like Texas has trouble with all that. <laughs> like, how do you how do you clean all that up in however many games is left, which is somewhere around the twenty five game yeah. mark? Like that that's the one team for me. Like it's one right. The Jays, you can point your finger at one thing. The Mariners, you can point yeah. your finger at, the, at one thing. The Astros, you can point your finger at one thing. The Red Sox, you can point your finger at a couple of things, but you can point your finger at them. Mm-hmm. With the Rangers, you're pointing fingers everywhere. Like, yeah. <laughs> and how do you fix that in this short amount of time? So this is my point. If you're the Blue Jays, eight out of the next nine. That that for me, I, I know you're rolling your eyes. And it's going to no, be I, hard. I, and those kind of things. You play clean baseball. Clean baseball. And maybe get one of your big boys back sooner than later, the third baseman or 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 the shortstop, and maybe they can hit the I ground mean, running and help out a little. Can I, I? I'll take the shortstop. I'm I'm with you, but I'm being nice here. Mm-hmm. We're we're half full yeah. glass. Uh, huh. Let him throw that out there. The Jays rotation. You know, more we we had a couple of questions about this in Blue Jays talk. And a rem- uh, reminder, we'll be doing Blue Jays talk tomorrow uh, following the uh, the uh, Jays uh, A's game. Um, we had a couple of calls on Blue Jays talk about people wondering whether or not we should be worried about what we're seeing out of the rotation mm-hmm. in the past couple of weeks. We already talked about Jose Barrios did not have a good August. Uh, you know, even yesterday. I mean, he retired 14 in a row, but he had a 22-pitch first inning. Yep. Um, you know, Bassett, Gossman, uh, I think people have a concern about the workload that, that these guys have accumulated this yep. year. And, and it's odd because the, the secret sauce, part of the secret sauce to getting into the postseason is having the most innings you can out of your rotation and having the fewest innings you, can, you have out of your bullpen. I mean, it yeah. stands to reason... If a team does that, it's been a pretty good team. It just it just stands to reason. Yep. The Jays are thereabouts right now with those two things. But, man, they are – and I think Kevin Gossman said this after his last start or maybe it was a start before. Like, And, I don't, and he wasn't making an excuse. They're grinding. It's like every pitch for those dudes, mm-hmm. every pitch for those guys, pardon me, I got criticized for using dudes too often. Somebody said I'm listening to John Schneider too much. Um, oh, they don't like John? Well, they just think that John Schneider, Schneider says dudes all the time. Anyhow, uh, those guys, the pitchers, the starting pitchers, mm. really haven't had an easy – Like they're, I'm, I'm looking back at the games here. The wins, right? 6-5, 7-5, you lost 8-7, you won 13-9. 7 nothing, a win, Chris Bassett. That was relatively smooth sailing. 5-4, you lost. 6-3, you lost. 10-7, you lost. 8 these guys have been pitching a lot of leverage innings with an offense that hasn't been able to deliver time and time again. Like it, it's got to be a grind for them. Are you worried? Absolutely. But this is their their playoffs 
started August 1st. Like you, you normally would say that you want to, you know, your, your rotation wants to throw as many innings as possible. Mm-hmm. So going into the playoffs, your manager can abuse your bullpen. Well, that's here. Like it, you have to get into the playoffs. So now because of the, of the reason you just mentioned to where your rotation has thrown so many innings to give your bullpen a break and your bullpen is, I would say is as close to a hundred percent as it can be. Mm-hmm. With all the names that you want down there and all the weapons you want to go to, whenever you want to go to them, I would think right now would be the best time to lean on them. So, yeah, that that for me is when in doubt, go get them. Like, I understand occasionally you need to lean on a rotation. For me, I would think right now that's probably went out the window and now you start leaning on your bullpen. Want to talk about these uh, these particular numbers yeah, now, or do you want to take a break? Do why don't we take a break? Do uh, around the wild card, come back and talk sure, about this. We've also idea. got the bet. Uh, we've also got our little betting segment, and then Jason Stark joins us at six o'clock. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. Come back. We'll do around the wild card. Our look at the weekend that was in the wild card race. Uh, we'll do our between the line segment brought to you by bet rivers. I must admit I'm doing extremely well in this, which is probably no surprise. And, um, Kevin did some math. We'll deal with that. <laughs> it's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 and the Sportsnet radio network at Sportsnet. Fresh views on everything in the national football league. It's the fan check down with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know what we need to do? What's that? Around the wild, wild, wild card. Boy, I nailed that. But that doesn't, oh, your I accent, that. this music yeah, yeah. is kind it's of perfect. like, this music's kind of like that sort of Cuban tropical beat. Don't try to ruin this. And then You're in, trying. in comes the it's Virginia accent. Yeah, deal with it. All right. You're just mad because you didn't get to do it. <laughs> what the hell is that? Did you get did that go on the air? Oh, thank God. Uh, You'd know if it went on the air. <laughs> well, despite all, it, it is in the wild card, our new segment oh, no. that replaced really? in the East about a month ago when the Jays were still in contention in the East. Uh, despite all the interesting nonsense in Coors Field and Vladdy stuff, and we haven't even talked yet about Vladdy getting benched, uh, despite it all, the Blue, Jay- <laughs> the Blue Jays came out of Labor Day just a half game out of the AL wild card race, a testament to the fact that well, nobody else around them is seizing control of the thing as much as any great brilliance in their part. But, you know, this much does seem clear. I think we can all agree in this. The Rays are comfortably ahead atop the wildcard standings. Frankly, they're focused on chasing down the Baltimore Orioles for first place in the AL East. So, one of the Mariners, we talked about this, one of the Mariners, Astros, and Texas will win the West. The other two will fall into the wildcard standings. Boom, there you go they'll be uh, fighting with the Blue Jays. And that's probably the best-case scenario for the Jays. And frankly, the best-case scenario right now is if it's the Rangers and the Astros that end up fighting with the Jays. Because, as we mentioned, they got the season series against the Astros. They got a four-game series against the Rangers. So it is potentially, potentially, they could go into the last two weeks of the season having the tiebreaker with the two teams closest around, closest to them. Anyhow, the Astros didn't take long in regaining their focus after being swept in three games and held to seven runs by the Yankees. Hands up if you thought that was going to happen. Yesterday, they fell behind 3-0 to the Rangers. 
You did not, Holland. Yesterday, they fell behind 3-0 to the Rangers before a six-run seventh inning settled things and a 13-6 Astros win. That clinched the season series between the two with two games left. Number nine hitter Maurizio Dubon. I don't know where the hell he came from. And Jose Altuve went back-to-back for homers twice. And Kevin, that's the first time in baseball history that a number nine and leadoff hitter went back-to-back twice in the same game. I'm sure you knew that. Mm. The Astros hit five homers in the final four innings against a bullpen. We'll talk about that in a minute. That has emerged as the Rangers' Achilles heel. They were also assisted by this. This one toward the middle, and it threw Seager. Two runs are going to score. Astros take an 8-5 to five lead on a ball that gets through. Corey Seager at short. Yeah, Corey Seager homered twice, but that two-run error set the wheels in motion for the Astros' big frame. And while our friend Bruce Bochy was asked about that error, and listen to the follow-up question and his answer after the follow-up. Oh, you're going to make errors in this game. Uh, this guy's been so good out there. I, voice. I couldn't tell Love you the it. last time you know, he's made piece. an error. I want the ball hit to him. It happens. Born of that. I mean, I don't care who you are out there. So, no, that, you know, that's going to happen. Um, yeah, you look at the timing, sure. But, uh, hey, this guy has just played unbelievable baseball. So, uh, that wasn't the game. Right, and I guess that's what I mean, is that the, those things are going to happen. And so how do you prevent that from snowballing as Great a team. That's, that's all I'm saying. Or ask. You have to go a bit farther. I'm sorry, Emily. How, how do I prevent it? Well, from... I mean, how do you, like, as a team, to, to not let one thing... Oh, I, I don't think this team's letting one thing. Uh, you know, it's up to the pitching, uh, uh, you know, to come through and pick up uh, uh, a player that makes an error. This is what this game's about, picking each other up, and we couldn't do it. Uh, that's That's what happened there. Kevin, the Rangers' bullpen in particular has been yep. atrocious. In the last 18 games, mm-hmm. they've allowed 54 earned runs in 72 and two-thirds innings. That's a 6.69 ERA. They've gone 4-8 and eight with two saves and 12 chances since then. Yeah, a roll, a roll to Shevin has been real good. He started off really good. Now he's not really good. He can't throw a strike. You throw that hard, something's got to go, something's got to give. You're getting a little older. You're trying to force location and velocity. That tends to happen. Will Smith had some up and downs. Had an ERA of a little over seven in August. Hadn't been real good. Adolis Garcia all of a sudden can't hit a fastball. Like, that's a big deal, Mm -hmm. right? You're hitting the middle of the order when you're, you know, since the break, you're 13th in average. You're 11th in runs. You're 10th. And on base percentage, you probably need your middle of the order bats to do things. And Tavares, the center fielder, looks like a young guy, right? This is sort of what they're supposed to look like. This part of the season, you're trying to fight. Occasionally, you're going to hit a bump in the road. So, yeah, that's what I mentioned at the beginning of this thing when we were talking earlier is they have a bunch of fingers to point. Yeah. How do you get all of them lined up in the right way to get everybody hot at one time? Because your pitching's not been real good. Your starting pitching's been okay. Your bullpen's not real good. Your hitting's not real good. Your young guys haven't been real good. You're making errors like you're doing things that are hard to fix, and you can hear it in Bruce's voice that he's starting to wonder how you're turning the corner here, figuring yeah. things out. And, you know, there are games where you 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 are reminded that the Astros have been here and done it before, right? I mean, you you get that reminder given to every now and then. And according to Maurizio Dubon, that beginning, well, that's kind of the Astros in a nutshell. Yep. 
What did you see from the offense, though, especially in those mid middle innings when you guys were putting together those big innings? I mean, that's who we are. I mean, we work the count. These guys work the count. We we run the bases hard. Kudos to Diaz. Diaz run hard on that double play. You know, it, it, you know extend the inning a little bit. It, it's just, it, you know, we're a good ball club. And then, um, you know, something sometimes baseball happens, and it's, it's just going to happen, and you just got to stay through with it. And if you're wondering, by the way, Kevin, because I know you are, tonight's game will be the 203rd time Dusty Baker and Bruce Boshi have managed against each other. Yep. Baker currently holds a 117 to 85 edge. They've also both had the privilege of managing you. So compare Bochi and Baker for me. Yeah, I think they're the same. I, I think the one thing that they do really well or better than most managers that I've ever been around is communication. They will tell you while it's happening what you're going to do and how long you're going to do it and how much and when you're supposed to be ready. That's their gift. All the other things, you got to have good players. I've said this to you. What makes a good manager? Good players. And I think what separates the good ones to the great ones is that communication factor. And I think those two are the best around. I'm going to ask you this because yep. I know you made fun of me when I told you this. And you said it sounded very hockey. But you're hearing things in Houston like momentum, compete, energy, hard work, guts. It's just funny to hear. A, the only reason I brought this up. 100%? I, I 110%? Know, I know a little of this does sound that way. But when you're, competing, when you're competing with a bunch of other teams, occasionally you just need a co coach to walk by and go guts or compete or heart, something like that. I'm saying it, even the great ones need to hear it occasionally. I think that's the point. And I think you, you asked me what separates the great managers, the great coaches from the good ones. This time of the year, maybe that's what it is. And then you have to have great players to go out and execute it, and I think that's what they're doing. So if I walked past Alejandro Kirk and said compete, he wouldn't swing at the pitches he swung. Yes, you, you criticize all year that all this this is like hockey, simple. No, I you know, said, if it I went in doubt, punch somebody in the face yeah, or try did harder. I, did I say punch somebody in the face? Did no. I say turn over a table? No. Okay. I said compete. I said hard work. I said momentum. I said guts. That's different. The, uh, Punch somebody in the face this is not baseball. Might be yeah. hockey. The Astros have three games at home against the Padres following this series. Texas has three at home against Oakland. Then they've got that four-game series at the Rogers Center next week. <laughs> the Mariners, meanwhile, will they finish off a three-game series against the Reds after falling into a tie for share of first place in the West at the Astros? They'll be in Tampa this weekend for Ooh. four games against the Rays. So who are you cheering for? Who are you cheering for? Got to be... Our Rays. Raise up, everybody. The Mariners have ridden the arms of a young starting rotation. Monday was not one of their best. Brian Wu gave up five runs, three walks, and three innings. And I kind of like Mariners manager Scott Service after the game. He was asked about the performance, and he kind of preferred to use the whole thing as a teachable moment. And I think our young pitchers and Bryce and Brian, for the most part this year, have done a good job of just staying on the attack. Don't get so caught up in trying to hit the corner here or dot the you know the outside part of the plate here. Just stay on the attack and trust your stuff. And I, I thought it took Brian a couple innings to, to get into that today. That really is trust. key, isn't it? Well, that's the word, trust. <laughs> hey, how about that? Stuff. Look, look, look there, there's no question that the Mariners got really good pitching. 
it's it's the little things, right? It's playing clean baseball. Sort of like Suarez, the third baseman, is kind of mm-hmm. like the Blue Jays' Matt Chapman. He's got more bats with runners in scoring position. He's the one guy. When he's not driving in runs like the last seven games, he's got no RBIs. He's sort of the guy, right? Everybody else around him is getting on base. He needs to come up with the big hit. It's sort of that thing, right? You can kind of point your finger at that one little thing that each little team needs to do better, except the big bad Rangers. What are they going to do? I think that for me is the team that is an interesting look. But I will say, if they win tonight, Seattle loses. Isn't that a three-way tie in the West? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. You're asking me to do that. But I'm not so much out of it, I don't think, right? I drink with an umbrella in it every time I hear this music. A little pina colada or something like that. Anyhow, that's uh, around the wild card. I I ran out of time before I got to the Boston Red Sox, so that's fine. Mm. Uh, Before we go to uh, our uh, Between the Lines segment, I want you to explain this, 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 this statistic, re- this statistic sheet that re- you had, you had re- read it all. Dumped on it's you. not, it's not really explaining it. It's just telling okay. you where ERA from starting pitchers since August first. The five teams in the wild card Rangers, in the American League. Okay, Rangers are first. This is starting starters ERA since August first. Rangers are first. Mariners are second. Jays are third. Red Sox are twenty first. Astros are twenty fifth. Astros are twenty fifth in starters ERA. Oh. That's how they rank in those five yeah. teams, right? ERA from the starting pitchers since August 15th. Mariners are 7th. Jays are 12th. Rangers 16th. Red Sox 24th. Astros 29th. I, I this did not is, know the, that. The reason why I'm telling you this is this time of the year, it's a small sample size. Right. So you're trying to get it from August 1st until now. Right. August 15th till now because it changes, right? It's like why do you play Davis Snyder after a 360 week? Because he's hitting 360. He may not do that next week. Hmm. That's why I brought these. What is up. interesting is a bullpen ERA, the MLB rank in that span is it's they're still in the same order. Mariners, Astros, Blue Jays have the three best bullpens. But uh, it's like when you look at the MLB rank during that time, the Mariners are sixth, the Astros are twelfth, the Jays are fifteenth, the Rangers are twenty eighth. With as I mentioned, a six six nine yeah. ERA runs per game since August first. Yep. Okay. The Major League Baseball rank in that time. The Astros are third, Mariners sixth, Red Sox 11th, Jays 13th, Rangers 14th. Runs per game since August 15th, so smaller sample size. Astros are second in the majors. Mariners are fourth, Red Sox they're sixth, Jays are, are ninth, the Rangers are 21st. Okay, say the number between the, the Astros and the Jays. What are the two numbers? Uh, 6.42, 5.33, more than a run a game difference. That's a lot, right? That, that is a that's, ton. That's the separation that between swing decisions. That, this is sort of the only reason why I wanted right. to bring this up and why they're not blowing teams out that they're supposed to be doing that with. Now, obviously, it doesn't help that the third baseman and the shortstop's not there, obviously. Right. But you can still have better swing decisions, and if you have those – and compete more often and get in those counts and work hard to get in them. And once you get in them, how dare you make me chase something that I can't do damage on? That for me, that's why I just brought that stat up. I know sometimes we're stat heavy, but those are sort of glaring when it comes to how hard the rotation has worked, how the bullpen is sort of saved, and you can work them now. And maybe if the swing decisions get better, the next Nine games, maybe they can go eight and one. That was the reason why I brought those up. And 
You add a clean baseball game to that. You know, you don't go home to third, down two runs. You know, you don't bring in somebody that can't that can run better than the guy standing to third with runs that really matter late in games. Like you do little things like that added to the stats that we just told you. Time now for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Mr. Mark Boffa. Hey, guys. Welcome back from the long weekend. Thanks, buddy. And hey, welcome you back too. to you, too, Boffa. Good that? to see you oh, back. Yeah, you look healthy. You do. You look you healthy. Do. You look... Uh, Happy. You look You look as if you're on a solid footing. So, uh... <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I you mean, do. we're coming off the long weekend, just trying to put our best foot forward here. Absolutely, absolutely we are trying well to put said. our best foot forward. Aren't we all? All right. So, we're going to look at... Chris Bassett tonight. He's going back to a stadium he knows pretty well at the Coliseum in Oakland. Bet Rivers has his over-under outs at 18.5. Will he Ooh. record over or mm. under 18.5 outs tonight against the A's? I mean... So you did no homework whatsoever. That's an awful lineup. <laughs> I, I believe I believe his, his uh, Tuesday, his average number it's of innings in a Tuesday are five and a third. Yeah, it's not very good. And today is Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to take the over. Uh, yeah, that's a great answer. I, I, I'm i going to take the over just because of the five full days rest. And I can remember what Bassett said, that what that does is allow the manager to up the pitch count. And if you can up the pitch count with a guy who knows how to add and subtract against a young, bad team and in a park that he's used to pitching in, I'm taking the over. Now, it goes against what I said about abusing the bullpen. Yeah, but I think there's there's exceptions to every rule. I, I just think with those two things. Well, look, they let him go eight innings the last game. They didn't let him. Or they no, forced their be, hand. Be, but what I'm saying is they were prepared to do it. Uh, that would be my only concern. Would would they be prepared to do it again? Five full days rest, and the bullpen is rested, which it wasn't yesterday. And I want to get to that in a minute. But that was between the lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. You took the over. Yeah. I know, I know. Uh, lots of talk yesterday about the decision to go with Jimmy Garcia. Gave up the home run. I, you know, it was pretty clear I want to deal with this before we move on because it was mentioned today in the morning show as well. Folks, Tim Meza, Chad Green, Jordan Hicks, Trevor Richards, they weren't available. It was going to be Jay Jackson, Jimmy Garcia, Yenesis Cabrera. They were going to be the bridge to uh, Jordan Romano. Mm-hmm. And they were going to be utilized according to pockets in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. John Schneider played it exactly. He played it the only way he could play it. Yeah. From my way. Remember, they won. That's the first thing you got to point the finger at. Yeah. And listen to Jay's talk after the game when me and you were doing it, and I will tell you why they're doing it. Yeah. And I think I told everybody that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I wanted to mention think I think sometimes when people yell and scream at their TV, and this is what I love about meaningful baseball in September. This is what we're we're dreaming about. This gives you a reason to stand up and why why well, why is he doing that? Why is he throwing two curveballs in a row? And always remember, you know, that's trouble hitting the fastball. That we don't know everything, and then the manager has to come out and tell everybody this yeah. guy's not available. This guy's not available. This guy's not available. This guy's not available. When you know that they're not available because he's not using them, yeah, and you it's can, not like he wants to go. How can I not get this guy in who's better than Jimmy Garcia? And you can also you can I, tell you made this point as well. They had a shot of the bullpen. You can tell 
Trevor Richards was trying to catch balls with his hat. Like Chad Green was all you need to know. Chad Green was sitting there sucking on the thread of his uh of his hoodie. Like you can tell when you look at guys or the you know the we get it. The tie of his hoodie. Yeah. You can tell when you look at guys in a bullpen who is not going to be used and who is going to be used. It's it's not that hard. And it was pretty clear yesterday with the bullpen shot uh who was in and who wasn't. But I I just wanted to mention that because it's fair that people are gonna ask that. If it's fair that people I mean, I I did the same thing too. Three well, you times ye- and you yelled before, at me. I did not yell at you. When I was I on FaceTime you. with you. You no. yelled at me on why is he doing this? Well, and I, said I had it to was walk you off the plank. He didn't have to and walk tell me off you why he's doing really it. It's a pocket bottom the of the third order. third time in four days was Jimmy, my question. Jimmy's had some hiccups. Confidence probably not there. You probably wouldn't want him top of the order. You got to yeah, use yeah. him because you don't have right. other guys. Hey, it's the bottom of the order. Pockets. Don't throw two breaking balls down the middle. Well, the second was... one to a guy that's, you know, young. Why would you and, double up on that? I mean, don't throw it down the middle is the obvious answer here. But I ain't got no clue about that. I mean, I think pitchers sometimes got to remember, hitters take a lot of swings this time. By this time, they've taken a bazillion swing. Bad a little slower. Throw him a fastball away. If he, if a eight, was a eight-hole hitter can take a fastball and hit that thing to left center field with backspin for a homer, you help him run around all them bases. You run around with him because I bet he can't do it. I bet he can't. But, again, he gets back to if they're good breaking balls, he's not hitting them. He's just not. Like, if Barrios threw the same breaking ball to the same guy who hit it in the same place, like, just don't throw a bad breaking ball. Very quickly, Alejandro Kirk's going to have to be the guy going forward, probably. We mentioned that Danny Jansen's going to see a hand specialist. That's generally not a good thing. Uh, generally, hand specialists don't say, yeah, you're good enough to go back and catch tomorrow. Well, there's a reason why you're going to. Maybe that'll be the case, but, mm. yeah, I doubt it. Uh Alejandro Kirk, Tyler Heineman moving forward. Yeah, I would say Kirk is going to get the bulk of that. Right. I, I don't catching. That's not a problem. He's a good enough catcher. Yeah. Yeah, Health wise, I mean, he's he's had enough rest. It's the swing decisions. Yeah. They're going to need him to get a, not three hits, a big hit. Yeah. Bases loaded, one out. Have a clue of what you're doing at the plate, and you can accept all that other stuff he does. Jason Stark of The Athletic will join us in the next hour. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan Sportsnet, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.